0: Welcome to another At The Buzzer with Ralphie Report. I am Jack Barsh, and we are in the middle of a great debate.
1: We haven't started the debate
0: at all. No, I'm trying to do some in-media race. You know, they always say start the story in the middle. It gets people hooked. So I have to say I'm in the middle of the debate. Okay,
1: you're in the middle of the debate. Thank you.
0: Who am I talking to, though?
1: I am Sam TVA. That makes sense. And I'm tired and on vacation mode.
0: Well, it's probably because you're on vacation.
1: Well, not now, I I just got back from vacation, but now I'm here and unemployed besides (laughs) this, which I don't know if that counts.
0: Well, I'm counting it, um, but we certainly don't have to let the U.S. government count it. (laughs) Well, Um. so uh, this, this, giant argument we're having this this i wouldn't say argument i guess uh clash of opinions started a few episodes ago and we kept bringing it up um and we think it's worthy enough of its own episode so we are going to um try to talk about it here today
1: we also don't have any better ideas
0: well because this is the best idea out there
1: also if you're one of the 12 listeners on this feel free to comment an idea
0: please you can comment an idea (laughs) We're desperate. <laughs> we're not idea men. We're talking men with sometimes ideas. So, anyways, um, we we're talking about the Colorado basketball program, as we do often on this podcast. Frankly, as we do only on this podcast, um, and centered around this is the discussion of of the best point guard of all time on in CU history which is really a competition for the best player of all time.
1: Well best point guard of all time isn't a debate.
0: Um, I certainly think it is. Point guard? Yeah. All right
1: so <laughs> the incum- incumbent goat is very obviously Chauncey Phillips.
0: Um, and here's where the disagreement comes in is I'm going to go on the strange limb that, and I guess it's not that strange if I explain it, but Chauncey Billups is undoubtedly the greatest basketball player to ever come out of the University of Colorado. But I don't think that makes him the greatest ever Colorado basketball player.
1: Okay. I'll hear you out.
0: So – Yes, Chauncey Billups, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be a hot take artist here. He is obviously the greatest player C has ever produced. Um, and we were very lucky that he grew up in Colorado, which means that he went to the <laughs> University of. Um, Ooh,
1: just to interrupt real quick, I was watching the NBA draft with Chauncey Billups, and they were mm-hmm. talking – They, I think they, like, asked Chauncey how much he got paid basically by, like, the bag men. And? And he said, no, 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 no. It wasn't like that. You'll hear about it someday. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, it was a re- It was kind of an unconventional recruitment just because he was at George Washington, um, which is still not a basketball powerhouse. But anyways, he, I mean, Hall of Famer in the NBA, obviously. like Possibly. Part, the best player on an NBA championship winning team. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that very few players can say. He went to uh, seven
1: straight conference finals.
0: Which was a record that only LeBron James has broken, right? At least in the modern era. James Jones as well. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Started in conference finals, let's say. Okay. Long story short, Mr. Big Shot is, is easily the best player out of CU. No one's saying otherwise. I want to get that out of the way before I come into this truly insane part of what I'm saying. Okay. Which is, at, but at CU, just at in the college basketball level, CU is it, has had more impactful players and better players. I shouldn't say better. More impactful players over their college careers. Like? Well, um, I'm sure – this is probably one of the first names out of everyone's minds, but Cliff Mealy as a college player, I would That's say like point guards did more for his team. Well, we can do point guards. Um, I want to hear what your point guard opinion is. Okay, well, I guess it depends on how you define point guards, but I would say, in terms of um, success, at least in college, there are a few players that can measure up to what Chauncey did. Um, one is Jay Humphreys, who was fantastic. Okay. Um, and he is one of the older guards of Colorado basketball history. Um,
1: he was drafted in the nineteen eighty-four draft.
0: Uh, yes, and I believe he was a top ten pick. I'm not fifteenth exactly overall. Sure. I think. Let me see.
1: All right. So tell us about Jay Humphrey's game.
0: Well, so he stayed for four years which gives him more opportunities to make an impact than what Chauncey did. Mm-hmm. He averaged over 10 points a game for three of those years. He went up to 14 and 15.
1: That's not that high of a bar. Trayshawn Fletcher possibly did that.
0: Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe for one year. Um, oh, okay. Jay
1: Humphreys got drafted before John Stockton.
0: Who's to say who could end up a better pro if one landed in Utah and one didn't?
1: Damn, that draft had Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, Charles Barkley, Alvin Robertson, Otis Thorpe, Kevin Willis, Humphreys, and John Stockton. That's nasty. Ew. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jerome, probably
0: top three. Jerome Kersey. I'm, what is that, 84, right? 83? 84. Yeah. All-time draft. So anyways, he averaged four steals a game oh kyle Welter's dad three and a half steals a game his senior year mm-hmm. <clears throat> he averaged six assists both his junior and senior year
1: oh, rick carlyle got drafted too
0: he <laughs> had over a thousand points in his career he had 1300 points in his career he had 600 assists he had 300 rebounds um he was overall a great defensive and offensive player. He stayed for four years and he won a decent amount of games here. Um nothing crazy, but a decent amount.
1: Well those teams were not really talented.
0: No, and well, and that's gonna be a theme for any anyone that stands out
1: <laughs> in, when the, people, in Colorado. And then just in general, when people talk about like Tad Boyle not having the success he had his first five years or whatever. It's like, (laughs) it's a pretty low bar to clear to be the best coach of CU history.
0: Yeah. So Humphreys was the leading scorer and assist man for three years at CU. Um, And he obviously had a good pro career, but mainly in college he shined. Um, So I would say that he as a in terms of success at Colorado, matches some or some of what Chauncey did.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know how you average four and a half st- or four steals a game in college.
0: Right. And I think it's just by being better than a lot of the bad teams that you were playing at the time. Especially averaging four steals a game on a bad, like on a middling Big Eight team, middling at F- best. 15. I mean, it so. In terms of point guards, he's up there. I would say that Cliff Mealy has another shot at being the best Colorado basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can go over a little bit of his stats just because you just looked him up. Yeah, well, I don't really know much about
1: Cliff Mealy other than he was like a 6'8 forward who in the late 60s and early 70s probably just dunked on people all the time. If dunking was even legal at the time, which I don't know if it was, which is crazy.
0: Well, yeah. So for a little bit more background, he played for <laughs> Sox Seth, which is probably one of the two most successful CU coaches. Um, Ricardo Patton being the other. <laughs> well, let's not forget our defensive coach of the year is Jeff Fesdellich. Yeah, he's
1: somehow the best assistant in the NBA. I don't know how that happened.
0: So Mealy played on two – he played three years in college. He played on two ranked teams. Um, one ended ranked, one started top ten, and then just fell apart. Um, and he played one NCAA tournament. So in terms of team success, that's about what Chauncey did. Um, and in terms of individual success, I would say he carried more for his team than Chauncey did.
1: This dude averaged 28 and 12.
0: Yes, in college, when there was way less possessions to do that.
1: He also shot 41% from the field, which is weird. Like, that's, that's wow.
0: really what year that's
1: that? his sophomore year, or his junior year. I don't know how. Were people allowed to play their freshman year back
0: then? I don't know.
1: All right, well, he shot 41%, which is crazy bad for a giant power forward who's averaging 21 a game, but – huh.
0: So, yeah, his overall percentages and his overall numbers in college, he played 80 games, so a little bit bigger sample size. He averaged 24 a game over those 80. He averaged 12 rebounds a game over those 80. He shot 45%, so if he was at all efficient, <laughs> he would have been up in the 30s.
1: <laughs> I wonder if he was just checking shots.
0: I mean, his, his true shooting percentage, his
1: – Oh, two-time big eight player of the year.
0: Um, But in terms of individual success, I think he's also out there with Chauncey. Um, And I would say he surpasses him at Colorado.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Um, Yeah. So, hmm. That brings us to the...
0: I think the only other player that you can put up on this pedestal or that you could say had a bigger impact at CU than Chauncey is probably Ben Mills (laughs) okay you make the argument for Ben Mills and then I'll talk over you when I make the argument for Spencer Dinwiddie I don't think that
1: Chauncey Billups could guard Joel Embiid (laughs)
0: that's true that's true can Chauncey Billups score six points against Joel Embiid
1: Every time Joel Embiid just like absolutely dominates someone, like someone good, like Rudy Gobert, right? I just like get really happy thinking about Ben
0: Mills. <laughs> yeah, and every time Andrew Wiggins bricks a long two, you get really happy <laughs> thinking that Trayshawn Fletcher dunked on him.
1: <laughs> oh God, Andrew Wiggins extension hasn't even kicked in yet.
0: Yeah, we. I mean, we've talked about this. This is apparently the running through line in this Colorado focused podcast. <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves are paying Andrew Wiggins a lot of money.
1: Oh, it's so ridiculous. I could talk about bad contracts in the NBA for like hours and hours and hours. But back to the important debate. Um, second. the Wizards are paying two backup centers over ten million a year.
0: (laughs) Who? Yan Mahimi and who?
1: Jason Smith.
0: I think they cut Jason Smith. Yes, you grad, Jason Smith. Yeah. Wow, wait, good for him getting that paycheck. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, Dinwiddy's individual his points numbers and his assists numbers aren't gonna be up near Chauncey's, but I would say, and I guess this is from me not I have not I did not watch Chauncey live during those years. You didn't. But CU definitely was Spencer made I think CU more successful than. Chauncey made. He also had way more support and a better coach and a better cast. Um, but as a leader, he really he did more for CU than Chauncey did. I don't know if Spencer belongs in this
1: argument because he was like the fourth option his freshman year. And then his sophomore year, he was the lead guy for sure
0: then his junior year would have been in- incredible. but Yeah, after- and I guess – yeah, so there's the crux of the argument is what if he didn't get hurt? <laughs> and that's been – I guess it's been the crux of Colorado basketball's argument for – what is it now? Six years?
1: Yeah, like – Honestly, the whole trajectory changes.
0: What if Spencer didn't get here I mean, just look at, even going past the normal stats, if you look at just the advanced stats for his last year, the 17 games he played, have you t- taken a look at these yet, or can I surprise you with these? You
1: can surprise me.
0: Okay. His offensive rating his, his junior year was 135, which, for <laughs> reference to everybody, that the, the average is 100 or 105 about. Mm -hmm. His defensive rating, which means he allowed people to get to 100, 102 um, on defense, which is still, like, a positive, especially in college. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) I mean, his box plus minus, he was 10. His box plus minus was 10.
1: That's higher than anyone in the Pac-12 this season.
0: CU was 10 points better with him on the court than him off the court. He, no wait, I think Matisse
1: Thybulle had a better rate.
0: His turnover percentage went down. His use of percentage went up. His assist percentage was 26%. So 20% 26% of the possessions that he was on the floor for ended up with his assist. I, believe. I think that means
1: his teammates.
0: An estimate of the percentage. Oh, shots. you're right. Of the teammates that scored when he was on the floor, 20 26% of them scored because of his I think John Morantz was something like 50%. Right, but that was on which a. Which is absurd. I know, but John Morant's crazy. And if you think about it, I mean, just that team, team wise, uh, when he went down, they just beat top 10 Oregon, 191 at home. They had two losses.
1: <laughs> I'm they- so upset. I missed that Oregon game. I think I saw some shitty X Men movie in theaters with my sister.
0: That was it X Men first class?
1: Uh. Possibly.
0: I mean, Sam, his free throw attempt rate was 0.908. Uh, his three-point attempt rate was 0.481. His true shooting was 66%.
1: I'm going to cut you off because I don't think many of the viewers really real know
0: what these numbers are. Right. So, well, viewers, hold on. Are we broadcasting? Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> I am not used to this. So,
0: anyways, I, if, if he doesn't get hurt that year, if he stays that year, I Mm -hmm. think that that this is even less of a debate. I I truly do think that because I think that means that we that he leads a top ten CU team.
1: I agree. I think that team makes it to the Sweet 16 easily, possibly further.
0: So we spent this time, I guess, inadvertently trashing the most beloved player in CU basketball history. We're not trashing him. I don't think we are, but I would say we're saying. He was a first-team All-American, I think. He was one of two All-Americans in CU's history. I will give you $5 if you can name the other one. Scott Wedman? Nope. Shit. What? Uh, Robert Dole. Oh, God.
1: What year was this? 1942. 53? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that I won the bet on whether or not Rick Gambella would get a sack. During that season, (laughs) did he get a sack? Yeah, during his junior season, then he got one first game against CSU.
0: (laughs) That's right, he did.
1: Yeah. And then you handed me $20 in class.
0: That's true. I forgot Uh, about that. God bless. (laughs) Oh, man. So I think we should end this debate partially, but just by going over some of Chauncey's stats. Because while okay. we talk about him myth- mythologically, I think I it's I don't I don't know how many people have analyzed exactly what he did at CU. Um, which it's good. He did some good work at CU. <laughs> so um, I have him in front of me. If you don't, and I can just run through some stuff.
1: I saw him earlier.
0: So his sophomore year, he was ama- – I mean, sorry, his freshman year, he was amazing, though he wasn't quite as good. He averaged 18 a game points. He averaged five assists a game, six rebounds a game. And I believe he, that means he led the team in all categories, or those three categories. Um, and this was on some pretty bad efficiency numbers, still 35% from three points, not bad. Um, but he's playing a lot of minutes. He's playing 36 out of 40 available minutes uh, as a freshman. So to be that solid on a, as a freshman, um, it's, it's hard to do. That's hard to do. He was actually second in rebounds. Sorry. To Ma- Martise Moore. Um, so then you move forward to his sophomore year. Um, and this is where – this is the All-American season. This is where he truly – where CU made it to the tournament. Um, and then they won one game. They beat Indiana. They beat Bob Knight. And then they lost to North Carolina. I think eventual champion North Carolina, right? Yeah. I think the day I was born. Wow. And, uh, frankly, that – Oh, no, a week before that. scene as a CU fan. If the day you were mm. born is that CU lost to North Carolina, that makes sense. Uh, it was it was March
1: 15th, I believe, that they lost.
0: Um, so, anyways, he, he comes back his sophomore year, and this, just as one season, might rival Cliff Mealy, Mealy's 28-12 and 12 as the most dominant season by any player, or maybe Alec Burke's 20-point season.
1: Mm.
0: But he had 19 points a game. Also
1: just locking down defensively.
0: He had, right. He had five five boards a game, five assists a game. He improved every single efficiency number except for two-point percentage. He took more free throws. He played less minutes. Basically, he just got way better as a player despite playing, and he got way better stats despite playing less minutes. Mm. As a single season, he carried a team to a tournament. Like That was a one- Man, team. He carries like
1: If Chris Dunn was actually good.
0: Don't slander Chris Dunn. You know how much I love Chris Dunn. I love Chris Dunn too. That Providence team was so fun. Mm. So fun. With Ben Bentel? Yes. Ben Bentel, yes. And I believe Robert Cartwright? hmm. All right. So, to end this whole thing, um. What what I'm gonna stand on my my hill I'm standing on, is that Chauncey Billups is undoubtedly the best all-time basketball player to come from CU and probably from the state of Colorado.
1: Well, obviously from the state of Colorado.
0: He no one has ever better, like Lua Munson. No one has ever had a better career. No one has ever, I think, accomplished more. Um, even at the college level to the pros, um, but but here's the hot takey part, I guess. There have been players, I think, that have done more for CU basketball in their time as a player than Chauncey has.
1: As a player is an important caveat.
0: Yes, I, I added that in halfway through the sentence. <laughs> yes.
1: You could say, though, that just Chauncey being as good as he was in the NBA – that has helped CU basketball more than
0: anyone else. Well, has it? I mean, who who has that led to? What has that led to? Well, it's just legacy. Right, but I think if you ask Spencer if that's why he came to CU, he would say no. If you ask Askia, <laughs> you know, he would say no. If you ask Marcus Hall, he would say no. I,
1: I, well, obviously, but uh, it's a reputation thing.
0: Yeah, I guess, but I think it's it was too far gone. okay. Now I think you can look at now that there's a pedigree, now that it's not just Chauncey as the CU guards, I guess Chauncey and Jay Humphreys, now that there's Chauncey and Spencer and Derek White and Jay Humphreys and Alec Burks And McKinley See, McKin- well. <laughs> okay, you better knock on something because that jinx was whew, That is a hard jinx, Sam He's played injured what, am, what can I do to him? Oh my god, you are <laughs> playing with so much fire Vacation Sam is just out. Uh, So So all all of this leads up to, I guess, the next little thing we wanted to talk about that we thought was a pretty fun, pretty fun, I guess, riff. Uh, Sam, if you want to, you explain it better than I can.
1: Um, Well, we were thinking about if you could take the current CU team and add any one player from CU's history, who would it be?
0: Right, which basically, you know, that adds a little twist of, of drafting for need and not just talent. Yeah. Because and and I think we are saying that this is CU era of these players. So it's not 2004 Pistons Chauncey. It is <laughs> 1997 Chauncey. Mm-hmm.
1: Correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, so I think we could start working backwards. And most people would pick Chauncey. They would just say, I'm going to put the most amount of talent on the floor as possible and see what happens.
0: And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that strategy. I don't don't think that would put you in a bad spot.
1: Mm -hmm. Especially with Villanova winning that championship with, like, four guards on the same floor. Right. I mean, you can pretty much do anything. You don't need a center if you have Chauncey Billups. Right.
0: So to speak. Yeah, you could play... McKinley at, I guess, at lead guard, and Chauncey's probably a little bigger, so he'll play off-ball. Yeah, I guess. And then... Oh, boy. You probably put Bay at power forward. You probably put... I think that just puts Gatling to the bench, and you keep everything else static. Yeah. Yeah, That would be... I mean, that's an upgrade, obviously. (laughs) That's definitely an upgrade. That ball be flying around the court.
1: Yeah, thinking about Gatling, I think that an upgrade
0: from him to Billups might just be the best pick you could do. Okay, so hold on. Is that where you're going? You're going with – Not necessarily.
1: Like Dinwiddie would be – if you put him over Gatling, I think he's a better complementary player. Hmm. He's probably more comfortable working off ball.
0: Yeah, I, he can – he can lock up probably two through four at the Collins level. Well, so could Chauncey, to be honest.
1: You think he could go all the way up to four? I think he's going to shit on whoever
0: is facing him. Well, maybe. I don't, I don't think he could guard wings that easily, at least the bigger wings. Like Obi Topin like on Dayton? There's no way, right?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. That one, yeah but I'm thinking like college wings don't really know how to dribble.
0: (laughs) That's true. That is true. Um, You can't go wrong with Chauncey there. So if I'm adding a player, if I'm adding a player to this team, I think I'm going to look for a defensive anchor or yeah, a defensive anchor, someone that can Basically, let Bay fly around on the weak side um, and kind of pick up the fours. So I want a true post defender that mm-hmm. can competently score on offense. Competently. Competently score on offense. It's not to an offensive powerhouse.
1: Does that take away Andre Robertson?
0: No. Yeah, I wasn't going with Andre Robertson, but that would be terrifying to have. An- <laughs> And a Tyler Bay on the same team. That would be scary.
1: I was thinking about that actually, over Chauncey, possibly.
0: Really? Oh, maybe. I don't know. So that when well, it does put in a Ben Mills, <laughs> it puts in a um you could think along the lines of David Harrison. I don't think I would take David Harrison.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't take David Harrison. Um really, <laughs> what the, Defensive powerhouses
0: with Ben Mills. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? So here's, I guess what I'm thinking is if I can add a senior year Josh Scott to this team, that's that would be scary to do. Because Scott uh, was smart enough where he didn't he didn't have to get the ball in possession. The offense didn't have to f- flow through him. It really didn't. It did, but it didn't have to. hmm Um. So he could let. I think he would let he would clear out some space in the lane for McKinley to work with, and that pick and roll would be really fun to watch, because if you remember Josh had a very deceptive old man jump shot, mm-hmm. that worked well. So nice. I think that would be fun to watch, and he also is completely grounded, um, which means that he, he, he Bay, Bay's strengths aren't overshadowed by. Him. It's not like I'm adding another Bay. I'm adding a completely different player to the team than what's on there now. Having two bays would be fun. Having two bays would be fun, but I think, I mean, I don't. I, I still have yet to see a Pac-12 defender that was as good in the post without fouling as Josh Scott was.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay. He could really pick up
0: two or three fouls a game max, and he could shut down players. Tarzowski never succeeded against him.
1: So Terzinski was, was bad. He was just big.
0: Well, you could say that and be correct, and also he could be a top 10 big of the past five years, probably, in the conference. That's bad. I, uh, oh, I can't think of much better. Well, Aiton. Oh, yes. Aiton, which Dallas Walton famously shut down. Reed Travis. Uh, yeah, Reed Travis. Okay, there's two. Are we counting Dwight Powell as a big man?
1: I mean, he's a big man. What do you want? He's a center.
0: <laughs> okay, and then I guess you have Dwight Powell. Uh, Bull Bull, even
1: no. though we didn't
0: see him. No. Okay. He played seven games, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I Listen, think I'm I, big, I think Ryan, in this might Ryan think, Anderson is better than Tarzewski. Ter- well, yeah, yeah. Ryan Anderson is better than Tarzewski. Ryan Anderson is a legitimate NBA player.
1: No not that ryan
0: anderson the 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 buzz oh, kept... I remember it yes, the Arizona. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: he's low key, possibly my most feared Arizona player.
0: no, he's not no, it has to be Gabe York, and if it's not Gabe York, oh. it has to be Nick Johnson
1: oh, it's Nick Johnson,
0: I man, I did not like Nick not Nick right. Johnson
1: also Aaron Gordon is a better big man, okay, I'll take that.
0: I love Aaron Gordon
1: so much. When he dunked on CU with that I mean, you can't be mad out of bounds alley-oop, I was happy.
0: Okay. Let's not get carried away.
1: No, no, no. I love Aaron Gordon. <laughs> oh, boy, Sam. Can you imagine a defense with Aaron Gordon, uh, Tyler Bay, and then a Robertson?
0: <laughs> Uh Yeah. I mean, Arizona got close that one year they had – what was it? They, Hall hollis Hollis-Jefferson. Yeah, it was RHJ and Aaron Gordon and one more. I forgot. But that was scary long defense. So anyways, long story short, I think, man, now I'm just thinking about it. This might just be a sentimental pick. But how much would you love a team that has McKinley Wright, Tyler Bay, Josh Scott, Evan Batty, all those players that have already endeared themselves so much to see you. Oh, Deshaun mm-hmm. Schwartz. Oh, man, that team would just be fun to watch.
1: Josh Scott's a good pick.
0: The heart Sam on every possession <laughs> that, that you would see. That's that pick a control would be brutal. I mean, the man defense you could play with McKinley up top and Josh down low and you can kind of just rotate in and out, Bay and Schwartz and Gatling. Oh man, yeah, that's my pick. That's that is a top ten team. That's a top ten team. Okay. So who'd you How pick? Do you-, you you're sticking with Chauncey? Mm, no, I might go with Josh Scott, too. You're right. It, it just works with as a fit pick very well. It's, a, it's completely a fit pick, which is why I lose in fantasy football every year, is I pick for fit.
1: How? how?
0: Because, Sam, they, I'm they, playing, on... I play fantasy football like I'm playing Madden Fantasy Draft, and I'm just picking a team that way. It doesn't it, – it should, I shouldn't do that.
1: No. That is horrible. Okay.
0: I know Are it's horrible. Still...
1: How do you feel about Cliff Mealy?
0: see i don't I think adding him would be interesting he that would be have to be the offense, I think I think he requires a lot of possessions.
1: okay, I also think he was a nineteen seventy one player, so he was off
0: like that's not that good. Oh, you think he couldn't uh, translate to today's n b a or today's college Well, I mean he probably could. it's just it's not really worth the pick yeah. I mean, Burks would also be just so fun to watch. Yeah. But hmm. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna stick with sentimental pick, Josh Scott. I'll agree with you on Josh Scott. All right, we're in agreement. Picking Josh Scott over C. Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the takes that pay us the big bucks, Sam. <laughs> Oh God! Well, that's been uh, that's been this episode of at the Puzzle. a lot of, lot of hot takes, but man, it's it's the off season. and um, just remember, almost anything is better than baseball. <laughs> All right. <laughs>